everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Teen Titans Wasteland. Here we go with episode number 26. We've gotten some really nice emails, uh, some nice feedback from a lot of people, and really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Keep it coming. One of the suggestions that we got was from somebody named Brad Reed. Hi, Brad. Who suggested that we start referring to Bob Haney as Bullet Bob Haney. And I really like that. He goes on to say that it's too bad that he made this suggestion after the Bob Haney run of Teen Titans comics has ended, and I agree, that is too bad, but we'll see if maybe we can work it in somewhere in the future. This week's synopsis song was submitted by Kirk Hart. Thanks, Kirk. This TT comic is really out of pocket, don't believe me? I'll prove it with the synopsis. Thanks, Kirk. Teen Titans number 23, October 1969. Written by Bullet Bob Haney. Drotted by Gil Kane. Inked by Nick Cardi. Teen Titan Roll Call. Robin. Kid Flash. Speedy. And the new Wonder Girl. Who's the same old Wonder Girl, but she's got a different costume now. Ooh, and a new haircut, too. The Rock and Roll Rogue. The hottest show in town is the Big Sammy Soul concert, and the Titans have pulled a few strings to score front row tickets. Sammy is rocking out to a tune about how sad he is, and the crowd is loving it. Then Sammy sees his money-grubbing legal guardians, cousin Ermgard and her husband Luther in the crowd, and that makes him too sad to sing about how sad he is. So he takes off mid-song. The crowd of teeny boppers is understandably upset, so they start rioting and trashing the theater. Fortunately, Robin and Wonder Girl distract the crowd with an impromptu trapeze act, and Kid Flash makes the executive decision to raid the theater's cash register and return everybody's money at super speed. As soon as they have their money back, the crowd stops rioting immediately and calmly exits the concert hall, because that's how riots work, right? The owner of the venue is delighted by Kid's Flash quick thinking, because losing money on a sold-out show is every small business owner's dream. Once things calm down, the Titans decide to head over to Sammy's mansion and find out what the hell Sammy's problem is. When they arrive, they find the money-grubbing Ermgard and Luther locked in a battle with Sam's equally money-grubbing manager over who can grub more of Sam's money. During the grub-off, the grubbers accidentally smashed Sammy's most prized possession, a guitar that had been a gift from Sam's Uncle Matt. As the grubbers depart, declaring their respective intentions to continue grubbing Sam's money in the future, Sam breaks down and starts crying like a little baby. He confides in the Titans that his Uncle Matt is the only person who has ever cared about him. He is tired of being Sammy's soul, teen heartthrob. He just wants to be plain old Sam Murdoch and live with his good old Uncle Matt. Wait a minute. Bob Haney... Did you really just name a character in your comic book Matt Murdock? You did, didn't you? I guess we should just be happy it's not Sam Parker and his Uncle Peter. Anyway, Sam goes on to tell the Titans that his Uncle Matt, Matt Murdock, went missing in South America a few years ago, and ever since Sammy has been at the non-existent mercy of Ermgard and Luther. The Titans tell him that sucks and then fly off in their helicopter, promising to check on him later. When the Titans return the next day to visit the grief-stricken pop star, they find that the teen troubadour has packed up his colorfully painted helicopter and gone searching for Matt Murdock in Venezuela. Darn. I was hoping it would be Zocatan. You know, or Hell's Kitchen. Upon arriving in Venezuela, Sam is besieged by his adoring international fanbase, but is rescued from the teeming throng by a hilariously accented young man named Juan Sastra. Juan informs the weepy warbler, that Matt Murdock went off gold hunting in an unexplored region of the Amazon that is filled with dangerous animals and headhunters. Juan offers to act as Sammy's guide, and off they go. The Titans follow Sammy's trail to South America, and soon spot the cry-prone crooner's copter, 
Of course they do. Because South America's a pretty small place, right? Upon landing, the teen heroes are attacked by a tribe of indigenous Amazonian people. Not the Wonder Girl kind, but the kind that live in the Amazon rainforest. Oddly, Wonder Girl doesn't say hola to them. The Titans quickly repel the attack, and their assailants flee back into the jungle. Based largely upon coincidence and some uncomfortable racial assumptions, the Titans deduce that their recent foes are headhunters, and that they have taken Sammy and Juan as captives. They are, of course, 100% correct. Sam and Juan are indeed captives of a tribe of rainforest dwellers who are both headhunters and head shrinkers. Not in that they're psychiatrists, but in that they shrink down the skulls of their decapitated captives. Yikes. As they poke around the village, the two chums bump into one Matt Murdock. It seems that Mr. Murdock has lost his memory. Does that make his other senses sharper? Maybe. The good news is that the local head enthusiasts... Sorry. ...have a taboo against shrinking the head of anyone with amnesia. Convenient, that. The bad news is that Matt has no recollection of his beloved nephew. Bummer. The Titans soon find the village and have a plan to rescue Juan and the Murdochs. Robin and Wonder Girl will distract the headhunters by doing an impromptu trapeze act. Sounds familiar. Only this time, Wonder Girl will be dressed up as a giant bird for some reason. Now we're getting somewhere. Also, instead of handing out refunds to the villagers... Kid Flash will be rescuing the victimized vocalist and his companions. As the teens and Uncle Matt flee the headhunters, Matt's memory returns, as does the gold fever that sparked his initial foray into the Amazon. I guess money-grubbing runs in the family. Matt sprints off into the jungle, leading the Titans into a cave that has a super deep pool in it. Matt is about to jump in and search for the gold that he sure is waiting for him underwater. Wonder Girl stops him and offers to check it out for him instead, because she's a pretty fair swimmer. Man... Aqualad sure would have come in handy on this adventure. I miss Aqualad. Anyway, Wendy finds that there isn't any treasure in the cavern's pool. Only the bones of treasure-hunting dummos who went diving looking for it. Snap. And while they were off in the cave looking for gold, the head-shrinking villagers went ahead and recaptured Juan. Double snap. Fortunately, Robin has a clever plan. One that shockingly doesn't involve an impromptu trapeze act. Hmm. He has Sammy set up all the amps he was carrying in his helicopter and has Matt announce over the PA that he is some kind of vengeful thunder god named Pichu Pichu, man, I really wanted to say Pikachu, who wants the villagers to release their prisoner. Then Wonder Girl drops a bunch of promotional Sammy Soul action figures out of the sky. The headhunter slash shrinkers are super into the action figures, which they believe to be shrunken down human beings, which is totally their jam. Okay, why not? Great plan, Robin. The Murdochs and Juan and the Titans fly off in their respective helicopters. Uncle Matt finally realizes that his relationship with his nephew was the real treasure he was seeking all along. Hooray. Wonder Girl fantasizes about what Speedy might look like with a shrunken head. Hooray. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Cory. Hello, Cory. Hello. How's it going? It's going great. Cool. How are you going? I'm going fine. Don't you worry about old me. <laughs> okay. So, what'd you think? <laughs> oh, this was a delight. It was nice to have Haney back, wasn't it? I'll say so. Yeah. I liked the art. I wasn't really blown away by it. I, I love Gil Kane, and I think he's great. But I frankly was a little bit disappointed. Uh, it, it, it was fine, but it actually seemed more like a throwback to like the really early issues with like Bruno Premiani art. In that most of the Titans seemed like they were drawn much younger, I feel like. Except for Wonder Girl, who mm-hmm. was drawn looking like an older teen. Which there's story reason for. She has her own apartment now and she has a new costume and everything. But where 
before when she was written. I think in a very similar way, it came across as like, oh, she's kind of boy crazy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now she comes off kind of vampy and a, a little bit creepy, honestly. Oh, when, like, when Sammy saw and she was like, I'll fix your problem. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Yeah, it, it came off a lot creepier <laughs> than it, I think it normally would have with Wonder Girl. Uh-huh. I think when she, when she... When she no longer has the ponytail, she can't get away with quite the same level say, of innocence that you ascribe to her. Yeah, she really let her hair down. Yeah, quite literally. But it was fun, and it was uh, it was definitely like kind of an old school Bob Haney feeling issue. So did Kane do the 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 pencils, and Cardi did the the inks? inks? Yes. Okay. It wasn't clear from the. Yeah, it, it's generally if they list two artists, then the later one will be the one who is the inker. Mm. Okay. Yep. Well, well, that makes sense because it didn't really look. Like, I was expecting it to. I got excited to see Nick Cardi's stuff, which I've come to appreciate. Yeah. The cover is beautiful, though. And the cover is a Nick Cardi cover. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, it's Wonder Girl-centric. She's jumping through a picture of her old costume, which I like the idea of her just carrying around, like, a big paper picture of herself for her to bust through. Because mm-hmm. I've always wanted to do that. Like, badass. jump through a hoop. that It doesn't have to have a picture of me, but it that has a picture of something on it just like mm-hmm. i always wanted to burst through a paper hoop well maybe we could do that we sometime can, we should go to Lipman company and see if they've got paper hoops for us to burst through yeah it's probably, probably the great. place to do it the, the cover is also to me hilarious because the three other boy titans are in the background and they look horrified oh yeah so wonder <laughs> girl is bursting through and she's saying back off tigers the new wonder girl is here and yeah the other three Titans are just staring there, looking shocked and yes, kind of horrified in the background. They're literally rec- they're recoiling. Well, from, I think they the need to run into the other room <laughs> like, and start working out for two days. <laughs> Too sexy. Yeah. Oh no. I need to. I need to go pump iron and swim laps in a pool for two days. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But it is a great cover. So one thing that I really liked is uh, it's such a minor touch. But I like that there's so much that happens in here. And that's one of the things I love about a Bob Haney mm-hmm. script is the bare bones of the plot kind of are just like, okay, this is actually a pretty simple story. Mm-hmm. But then he throws all of these twists in, mm-hmm. like about like Matt jumping into the, deciding to go off gold hunting at the end and having to jump into a pool. Mm-hmm. And that part really seemed like there was a few things in the story that it seems like, where's Aqualad? Where's Aqualad? Mm-hmm. And you maybe wrote this script earlier uh, to have Aqualad be part of the team and then had to kind of retrofit it, it did seem to really, fit the current roster. It did seem really clunky when Wonder Girl's like, I'm a pretty fair swimmer. Yeah, why don't I go check it out for yeah. you? It's like, okay, you're probably the best out of the team. However, yeah, there was weird. somebody who had swimming as specifically their thing, mm-hmm. and now there's a swimming thing to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe Aqualad could come back. Mm-hmm. Go to the Amazon with you. Have some, have some, uh, some nice times. Yeah. And speaking of, yeah, they're in the Amazon. I really was expecting Wonder Girl to say hola to some people. She didn't say it once this issue. I know. She hasn't mm. said it for a while. I know. I think she's trying to forget her roots. Mm. I think she's probably bumped that all the Amazons went to another dimension without her. Yeah, I would think so too. Yeah. She's probably still a little sore about the whole taking my powers away, fixing what's-her-name's arm. Yeah, that they, they were very, very negligent with their purple ray use, mm-hmm. which, not the coolest. <laughs> there were a few, like, but... As I was saying, I, I like some of the little touches, and one of them that I really liked is some of the names. I like that Sammy Soul's manager is named Jake Flake. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. I like that it's Cousin Ermgard, which is a name I don't think I've ever heard before. I think it's made up, maybe. I I really want it to be a real name. 
Mm-hmm. I really want it, and that it specifically has to be like by kind of like bullish women who are named mm-hmm. Ermgard. Yeah, with uh, never very... she husbands named Luther, who look kind of like John Waters without a mustache. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But I like those touches. Um, although, man, if you're naming a new comic book character, don't name him Matt Murdock. <laughs> Daredevil is an established character by this point. I really don't think it was intentional. I think mm-hmm. Bob Haney was just like, oh, yeah, that's a pretty good name. And maybe it was just, like, such brand loyalty that he only reads DC comic books. Oh. Or, like, he just didn't read other comic books at all. But, man, people could have just told you. I feel like yeah. somebody should have pointed out, you know, there's already a Matt Murdock. Maybe just change a couple letters. So you're kind of saying maybe he just went into it blindly. Uh, <laughs> yes, Corey, that's what I'm saying. Not so. <laughs> yeah, but that, that was pretty cool. Although, by far, my favorite part of this issue was Juan Sastra's ridiculous accent. He's very good. Now, <laughs> before we before we get into to, to Juan's accent, which I also greatly appreciated. Yes. It, yeah, when they first introduced Ermgard. Erm and Luther, the way that they did it really cracked me up because Sammy Soul is on stage belting out his, his right. tunes, and then he has this thought bubble. And the way that I read it was like this, like really like stoned, like kind of way because he thinks it's fair. He looks like a stoner on stage mm-hmm. too, and he's like, "Unless I'm freaking out, that's Ermgard and her old man Luther and the fuzz." <laughs> <laughs> and then he runs off stage. He just yeah, shit and takes off because I guess. The police are going to arrest him for. There's I, never an explanation no, of why the fuzz. I guess he's like, no, there. why why Ermgard and Luther brought the fuzz with Maybe them. Maybe they didn't. He was just tripping. It could be. I think he might have just been paranoid. Yeah. There is also, there. there's at one point, like, when he's, like, <laughs> crying about how he was orphaned when he was three years old. Mm-hmm. Part of me really wanted to be like, you know, you're crying about the fact that you're an orphan. To three orphans. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> we just found out last issue, Wonder Girl's an orphan, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, check your privilege, Sammy. Yeah. Because he's super rich. Although, I guess they're all super rich. Yeah. Wonder Girl's not super rich. Mm. But the other two orphans, Speedy and Robin, super rich orphans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, trade-off. You know what's the other thing that's really super weird about that whole segment where Sammy Soul's sitting there having his... His, his poor side cry. Yeah. So he's shirtless the whole time. Yeah. Why doesn't he have nipples? Were they just too hard to draw? No, they didn't draw any nipples on comic male book characters, or male or female, for a very long time. Mm. It was actually very controversial when uh, I God, was. I think it was maybe Barry Windsor Smith started drawing nipples on Conan the mm. Barbarian. Mm. But until then, Conan had already always been drawn without nipples, even though he was always shirtless. Yeah, it was no male or female nipples in comic books for mm. a very long time. Yeah. So that's not a specifically Sammy Soul problem that he's dealing with. Okay, I, I the, was, he would have fit in very well with the rest of the DC universe. Okay, good to know because yeah. I was worried. Like, what's his backstory? Maybe he's, <laughs> how did he lose his nipple? He's a clone. Well, or maybe I mean he was orphaned when he was three. I think it was like wasn't did they mention that it was a car accident or did I just plug that in no. myself? Okay, but it could have been a car accident. Maybe there was a fire. He lost his nipples in a fire. He lost his nipples <laughs> and his parents in a fire. Wow, terrible. Good thing he doesn't remember that. Yeah. That, so that's gonna hurt. Okay, when they're in the Amazon mm-hmm. and they're trying to distract the 
Do you think it was the Yanomami tribe that they they were dealing with? Oh, this no, this probably predates the uh, any any anthropological research into <laughs> that had ever been done by anyone. Well, you know, technically Boaz and company were were before, but yes, let's just say <laughs> for the purposes of the people writing this, no. You used to, what was the name of the video that you used to love? Nomads of the Rainforest. Nomads of the Rainforest. Mm-hmm. And you tried to make a blowgun because of that, right? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. I actually won a blowgun contest in the Amazon when I was on an exchange program in, in college. We went to, to Ecuador and I got to go down to the Napo River, which is a tributary of the Amazon. And we went to this uh, native village and they had a blowgun contest and, and I hit the little gourd with the dart and all the, the Indian dudes were like, whoa, nice work, man. Because you'd been practicing since you were a kid. Didn't you make your own blowgun when you yeah, were a kid? Yeah, yeah. The, they were never very good, though. They were just like these long pieces of like, uh, what's that? Like skinny. PVC piping. Yeah, mm-hmm, like plumbing pipe. Yeah. Um, but hey, our work pays off. <laughs> you guys have just been giving a, given a fascinating glimpse into Corey's origin story. <laughs> As a blowgun champion. Who was raised with very little parental supervision in the backwoods of New Hampshire. <laughs> with one VHS tape of Nomads of the Rainforest. Uh, it was pretty and much a it. lot of unsupervised time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so, how accurate would you say the portrayal of these uh, indigenous rainforest people is? It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, it seems pretty bad to me, too. There's um, a scene in which some of the... the the weaponry is ridiculous. There's they've there, got some cutlasses. That's nice. Uh, yeah, there's a scimitar in there. There's yeah. also um, shields and spears that are uh, African. T- African to my yeah. somewhat untrained eye. But yeah, I just think that that the you know they were just like ah, oh, this is all nativey yeah stuff from yeah, somewhere. Put it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was interesting. So it's pretty. It's pretty awful. Okay, given your background both as an anthropologist and as a nomads of the rainforest enthusiast Mm -hmm. why do you think they dressed wonder girl up as a giant bird uh there's just no good explanation for i was trying to come up with some kind of reason but there's no situation in which a superstitious people Mm. would fear a giant bird more than a flying woman well it Mm-hmm. A giant flying bird woman, though, could be pretty scary. Maybe I uh, guess, but I mean, they don't. And she's like, oh, I know what's going to freak these people out. Mm-hmm. I'll dress up as a bird and fly around. How about if you're a person and you fly around? Well, and the other thing is that they explained that the bird getup was they like snatched it from, from the a local, witch, the local, local witch. witch doctor. Yeah, and so wouldn't they just be like? Hey, is that the witch doctor? Our witch doctor's flying around. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. But instead, they're like, what do they say? Like, oh, God, it's the spirit of death. Kill it, kill it. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. They say, takua, takua. <laughs> Which translates, of course, to... Kill it, kill it. Kill it, kill it. Yes. It's the spirit of death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you Okay, even if you think that's the spirit of death, you can't kill the spirit of death. Oh, that's an interesting wrinkle. Yeah, I know. Mm. Like trying to outparty the spirit of partying. Yeah. Uh, People have tried, but it hasn't gone well. Yeah. Okay, so, total tangent. <laughs> Speaking about people dressing up for no reason and the spirit of partying. Mm. As you know, David Bowie died recently. Yeah. I work at a movie theater that sells beer and stuff, and it's pretty rad. 
It's Laura Hearst Theater in Portland, Oregon. You guys should come check it out. It's a great venue. It's quite nice. But we were showing Labyrinth recently. Mm. By recently, I mean today. Mm. And more than one person came to the show dressed up as David Bowie, like in the Ziggy Stardust mm. getup. Mm. He doesn't dress like that in Labyrinth. Nope. It made me think, do these people go to, like, camp out before Star Wars opens, dressed up as Harrison Ford from The Fugitive? I <laughs> 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 just be like, yeah, Richard Kimball! It's, it's, uh... Star Wars! <laughs> well, it's probably easier to find a... Nope, that's not true. I was going to say it's easier to find a Richard Kimball get-up than a Han Solo get-up. No, they're both pretty much the same. Pretty much firmly in Han Solo yeah. season here, this being the the winter, too. Which oh, yeah. Is just mostly a woman's just, outfit. I though. guess white shirt and a vest. Mm-hmm. And the high boots. Yeah. It's yeah. just a good look. Mm-hmm. That's I wore a vest every day of eighth grade. And that's a fedora. True. That's true. I looked like a very sassy young lesbian. That's true. I found some pictures of it recently. You should post a picture for the audience. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> it's pretty funny guys yeah i do really like the i i just kept thinking of like <laughs> going dressed as richard kimball for star wars and then being like i didn't kill my wife mm. chewy <laughs> <laughs> boba fett's going i don't care oh my gosh i think boba fett's the analogy it's to the uh mm. the what's his face tommy lee jones character mm. Yeah, that had a ton to do with this comic book, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I said it was a tangent, so... Fair enough. Hooray. Yeah, was there anything else in the issue you definitely wanted to touch on? Oh boy, let's see. Um, There was a thing that you might be able to explain to me, and it's on page two, where I think it's it's Kid Flash makes a, a joke, and Robin's like, I'll laugh at that later. Oh god, yeah, no, I couldn't figure that out either. He says, um, huh, what's this? What makes Sammy run? And that's the joke. Yeah. And then he says, very funny, Flasher. I'll break up later. But right now, I smell trouble. So maybe yeah. that was topical to a song at the time or something. Maybe. I, I, you know what? Let's let's pause the, if, and if look it up. I'm really curious. To I know. If only. Let's see what we can do. All right. All right. I have found the answer. What Makes Sammy Run is a 1941 novel by Bud Schulberg, inspired by the life of his father, early Hollywood mogul B.P. Schulberg. It is a rags-to-riches story chronicling the rise and fall of Sammy Glick, a Jewish-born boy in New York's Lower East Side who very early in his life makes up his mind to escape the ghetto and climb the ladder of success by deception and betrayal. It was later made into a long-running Broadway musical, which I think started in the mid-60s. So yeah, that's what the What Makes Sammy Run joke was, and I had no idea either. But we learned something together. This has been another segment of me reading the internet to you. (laughs) Hope you liked it! (laughs) Education. Yeah, tune into volume two of the internet on tape next week. (laughs) It was a fun issue. Mm -hmm. Matt seemed like kind of a dick, I gotta say. Yeah. Like, he really never did come around until it was, like, way too late. And being like, yeah, I guess you're pretty good. It's nice to... I guess I guess it's important that I reconnected with my nephew after he's already, like, gone totally gold crazy. I really think, like, Sammy's family seems awful. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this Uncle Matt guy is any great shakes. 
Yeah, I hope it works out. Like he yeah. meets he meets his nephew, and that doesn't trigger him returning from his amnesia. Well, even but <clears throat> okay. like the idea that gold might near be nearby is like oh gold, yeah. and also Sammy is rich as fuck. Yeah, but also I mean that that whole scene where basically you've been trapped in this this native village this, yeah you know and ostensibly not great conditions they're just basically waiting for your memory to come back so they, so can they cut can your head off and you. flay you <laughs> because it's a taboo to... yeah otherwise i wouldn't be cool right and his first reaction to seeing probably the the two first you know caucasian people that look like him and forever when they come in okay not true because there's a village seat a group seat of the villagers where a bunch of people in the background just look like blonde beach dudes Oh, really? That are part of the village. I missed that. Okay. Well, then, that, that, that uh, lessens the, the point what I was that I was making, which is when Sammy and... Uh, is it Robin? Or, or Juan. It's Juan. Was it Juan and Sammy walk into the tent? Yeah. And um, he's just like, oh, hey, boys. <laughs> What's up? I'm <laughs> just chilling. No. See? Tent. Doesn't that look like just like a blonde beach dude who's hanging out there? A couple of them? Yeah. It might be a coloring issue, but it... Yeah. Okay, touche. I thought he would be more surprised to, to see, you know, people other than his captors coming to... No, uh, but what he says him. is, huh? Oh, hello, boys. <laughs> yeah, right? It's pretty weird. He's... Yeah. I, amnesia does funny things to a man, mm-hmm. I guess. He probably took a lot of water when he was uh, diving after that gold. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about them missing Aqualad. There's also a scene where I think they're all just fucking with Robin. When they first see the waterfall, and they, I think they <laughs> all pretend that they have no idea what a waterfall is. That a giant is. white snake? Yeah. What is that? Is that white paint? <laughs> <laughs> it's either they are complete idiots or they are playing with the fact that they know that Robin thinks they're complete idiots. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, so they see this giant waterfall, and we don't know who says what, but one person says, Hey, what's that ahead? Smoke? Another one says, no, it's rain. <laughs> then another says, a giant white snake? <laughs> white paint? <laughs> and then, we also don't know who this is, but it's gotta be Robin. Says, you're all wrong. That's Angel Falls, the world's highest one, the world's highest one mile of falling H2O. Aqualad, Aqualad would have loved to have seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. And yes, Robin. he would have, but that is Robin. And yeah. yeah, they know it's a fucking waterfall. They're fucking with you, Robin. Mm-hmm. Deservedly uh, so. Man, he just wants the trapeze so bad. Mm-hmm. Good thing he had that trapeze with him, though. Otherwise, that riot wouldn't have been quelled. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, he, he must have brought that from home. Mm-hmm. I think he brings it everywhere. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> you know. You know what this situation calls for? Me doing a trapeze. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so... What was your favorite use of slang? There's some really good stuff to choose from. There, there is a, a lot of funny things where they're talking about freaking out. And and I don't know if you count it as slang, but really whenever Juan talks. <laughs> he's not slang. <laughs> he, he's not. <laughs> I, I chose, uh, I think it was, I think it was Kid Flash who... Um, it's a scene once they've they've they followed they follow Matt into the cave and uh, no into the it's when they first get attacked by the, oh, okay. the natives and there's and there's arrows flying everywhere and uh, he just says and it's all like punctuated with exclamation points Indian attack scatter chickens 
I think that's speedy. Is it speedy? But yeah, no, I I I liked that. It just really cracked me up. I had one where it's this one is Kid Flash, and it's when they follow Matt into the cave, and Kid Flash's response to coming into a large cave is to say, "Wow, Cavernsville, large style," <laughs> which is pretty good. Do you have any others that were favorites of yours? There's a another one which let me see if it if it has to do with the cave the cave scene or not. It's on page twelve. Oh, that's way before the cave. Okay. Oh yeah, it's 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 when Juan and uh, and Sammy first first come in to the you know the hut where um where where Matt's being held, and he just again with like tons of excel exclamation points. Hey, have I freaked out? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Matt, Uncle Matt, it's me, Sammy. That's nice. Yeah. I like on the same page is my favorite of Juan's turns of phrases, and he has a number, but he says, you may joke, amigo, but we're in mucho trouble <laughs> Oh, yeah. That one. That one in my... That one's pretty good. And uh, there's another one. I think this is, this is Kid Flash when he's rescuing Sammy and Juan. He says, okay, Sammy, Juan, bring Uncle Matt and let's split this grotty scene. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. Yeah, I hadn't heard grotty for a long it's time. Been, it's nice to hear grotty again. Mm-hmm. I think we've heard ungrotty more than we've heard grotty at this point. I believe so. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite panel? I think my my favorite... I have I have one that I thought was pretty funny, but then one that is just in terms of like good good art and like really cool. Okay. And that's, and that's the, the kind of the splash panel, the first page where they're at the concert oh yeah and all the teens are in the the front row and um sammy solo is like all like kind of contorted and just like going like having a joe cocker sort of yeah moment where he's freaking out now he's having a nice freak out i really enjoyed that yeah. that that is a nice that is a nice piece of artwork the perspective is really cool too it's kind of shot almost like cinematically up from the lower left corner there's probably mm-hmm. some word for that but yeah it's good and the teens are having a good time they're watching the show it's mm-hmm. just, that's a nice way there's to front row seats mm-hmm yeah, no, that's a, that's a good one. I got a couple too. What was your other one? I forget what page it's. Oh, page fifteen, and it's and it's. <laughs> yeah, yep. <Yeah. Yeah. laughs> Robin is Robin's doing his tra- his trapeze act in the he's, jungle. He's pole vaulting over a fence with this giant piece of bamboo, and then like off in the background, who is is it? Speedy. It's Speedy. Speedy's who is, like who kind is... of crouched in his tree, all creepy like, and he's just thinking to himself, "Beautiful, Robin." <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty rad. Yeah, I, I think, I didn't see it as pole vaulting. I saw it as just Robin grabbing a pole that was already there and just swinging around on it, like, in a circle. Ah. Like, basically really doing his trapeze act, but, like, with mm-hmm. a makeshift trapeze, because he sure. left his other one in the yeah. music venue. Fall asleep. <laughs> and Speedy's <laughs> crouched down in a tree with a thought bubble that says, Beautiful, Robin. <laughs> Yeah, and that's all he's thinking about it, and it's great. It's a little weird. Yeah, uh, my other favorite was when Wonder Girl shows up dressed as a giant bird for no goddamn reason, and it's mm. a really cool looking bird costume that she has on for no goddamn reason. Was that page fourteen? It is on page fourteen, and I had a, I had a note about that to myself to remind myself about it, and and it didn't make sense when I um. Well, it was it the great pickup line that. I all I wrote down in quotes was the words "poultry show." Well, <laughs> that's because Kid Flash has what I think you had said before was your favorite new pickup line, which is, "Hey, girl, you look like first place in a poultry fair." Oh yeah, 
which is really, really cool. Yeah, and Speedy says that looks better on you than it did on the witch doctor you swiped it from. But mostly, it's Wonder Girl showing up in really what does look like a giant chicken costume for no reason. Just the top part. Just the t- It's like she stole the San Diego chicken's head. Pretty much. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's wonderful. Got like a little bit of a cape. Yeah. So, uh, who was your favorite Titan this issue? Uh, for this issue, I am. You know what? I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Speedy because he employs uh, not only whistling arrows and rope cutting arrows and regular arrows with great acumen, but my favorite arrow next to the psychedelic trippy arrow, which sadly was missing. Which boxing is glove arrow. Boxing glove arrow. Boxing glove arrow is always nice to see. I'm torn. I I got a couple. I really like Wonder Girl because she dressed up like a giant chicken and flew around that and then dropped awesome. action figures on people. Yeah. Yeah, Wonder Girl's my favorite. That's hard to <laughs> that, beat. That's really hard to beat. Although, like that. <laughs> Robin did come up with the plan of her dressing like a giant chicken. That was Robin's plan? Um, yeah. Pretty much any time there's a plan, it's Robin's plan. Yeah, that's true. And I really do like the fact that he's just like, something's going wrong. I know how to fix this. Trapeze. Now. Bam. We're all acrobats, right? You're going to give it to Robin for the trapeze? No. As I said, (laughs) as I said, Wonder Girl is my favorite. But coming up close, again, is Kid Flash for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because when Robin's plan is to, I will do, it's always a two-part plan. It's, I will do a trapeze act. Everyone will look at that. Mm -hmm. And then Kid Flash can run around and do what's actually needed to be done. Mm -hmm. Yep. Go rescue these people, which he already had Kid Flash just run into the middle of the hut in the middle of the daytime in the village and vibrate through the hut and talk to the guys. I don't know why he couldn't have just run them out the same way. Yeah, they could have just left. Yeah, they could have just left. And I do like Kid Flash's plan of just like, oh, people are riding. I'm just going to break into the register and give out all this money to them. Yeah, and that that panel in which it shows him like collecting these... Wads, wads of cash. Of cash. He just looks yeah. so gleeful, and he's got these armfuls of cash. Yeah, and like Speedy's he's... giving him shit about it. Mm-hmm. Says, "Good thing it's two bucks ahead. If it was three, you can't count that high." You know mm-hmm. what? Fuck you, Speedy. Yeah, he can totally count that. High. <laughs> he can totally <laughs> count to three. <laughs> okay. So, what do you think Aqualad's probably up to? Yeah, that's a good question. So, in the the past couple times, I, you know probably at, at no great service to Aqualad, have not put a huge amount of thought into this. And just, no, no. Like, I took it pretty literally. Like, like what would he be doing, you know? Yeah, no. I think, you know, so you, I mean, you had him the I'm, first time. You had him uh, babysitting and wa- probably watching some TV and relaxing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, first thing that you would do after you get sure. home after a... The second time, time, you thought that he was maybe just going out on patrol some more. Yeah, checking things Trying out to meet Atlantis. some people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Checking out yeah. Atlantis. Yeah, maybe some, well, some aqua ladies. Sure. Yeah. What do you think he's up to now? Well, so in in that same vein of like what would what would a, a bored teenage Atlantean do? Mm-hmm. Taking into account, so they're able to get like regular news events and stuff. And kind yeah, of know on, what, on their... What, what the goings on. What are. I have to believe they call Shellavision. On, yeah, so he's watching Shellavision and he hears, um, you know, about one of the greatest musical events... In the, in the in the history of the the 60s which of course is the the woodstock uh 69 it is 69 mm-hmm. okay so that that was earlier in august but this issue finds us in september well no i think that works because generally the the cover date will be a little bit later than the actual okay. date so 
Um, so you think Aqualad's at Woodstock? Well, I was going to say he's recovering from his experience at Woodstock. <laughs> and the, what do you think he got up to at Woodstock? Well, <laughs> the reason that he needs to recover is so he's got to drink water every hour, right? You think he took some brown acid, don't you? I think that he ran into a certain James Marshall Hendricks. Oh, yeah. I think he did. Yeah. Who later, actually earlier, but we can retcon this, wrote a song called 1983, A Merman Should I Turn to Be, based on the trip that he and Aqualad had when they were at Woodstock together. You know what, Corey? Hmm. You are exactly right. That is what Aqualad was I up to. I so. That is, I wish you could see it, but that is exactly what I have written down. <laughs> And that, my friends, is what Aqualad is probably up to. <laughs> Excellent. Boy, was he surprised when that wasn't water. <laughs> oh, man. Good old Aqualad. I bet he had a great time. At, I bet he had a great time at Woodstock. Who do you think his favorite actor at Woodstock was? Well, it just have to be Hendrix, because they're hanging no. out. It's Sha-na-na. Country Joe and the Fish? No, it's Sha-na-na. <laughs> it's, it's Aqualad was there to see Sha-na-na. He's like, yes, finally, some music I can really get behind. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Teen Titans Wasteland. This was episode 26. That means that our podcast can rent a car. Yay. I know. We should drive it to Mexico again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, you can contact us at ttwasteland at gmail.com. Uh, check out the website at ttwasteland.tumblr.com. Check out our Facebook page. If you want to leave us a review, we've got some really nice new reviews on iTunes. I really appreciate them. I'll start listing the names of people who do them on the next episode uh, because it's really nice and that does help uh, other people find the podcast. And mm. it's like when people you have contribute been doing so, it's to, a, to a cause and you get your name on a brick. It's, it's like the little name. Oh, yeah. Brick. We have a whole stack of bricks here that have names <laughs> on them. Just waiting to read. Just, man. Can't wait. Next time, we'll read some of those brick names, and I'll probably build something out of them. Yeah. Like a chair mm. or a chimney. Fire pit. Fire. I already built a fire pit. But we could put some new bricks on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Help Contribute us. to our fire pit brick. Collection. Collection. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I get to live another hour. He said farewell. Yeah.